Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us yet again for another episode of the Average Days podcast. As always, we are your hostesses with the mostesses. I'm Jay Justin Ruiz. I'm Jay German Francois. So we are going to switch it up today. We do have a decent amount of stuff going on, so we're going to jump right into it. But before we get to the docket, we do want to say we have a really nice, super cool, awesome-tastic, super fantabular announcement at the end of the episode. So stick around and enjoy the niceness. Yeah, we're going to subvert expectations. Yeah, it's actually going to be an, a terrible announcement. That's that's how we're subverting it. <laughs> um, so diving right in, we're going to get some of the not-so-fun news out of the way. We know that we've been kind of on a hiatus again, but um, we're going to go with as much stuff as we can. Obviously, we're not going to cover everything for the past three weeks, but we're going to hit the highlights here. So first and foremost, we want to say goodbye to Andre. Uh, I, I feel like I'm going to mess this up, but Andre Brogger, Brogger. Um, he oh, was that. star of a movie and TV star. Um, probably best known for his role of Captain Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He has passed away at 61 years old. Um, unfortunately, not much is known at this time. It was a very, like, sudden thing. And the only piece of information that we have is that he died after a bout with a brief illness. They have not released his, like, management group and estate have not released any other information. But, um... He would definitely be missed. I remember I, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well as, you know, some of his minor roles. I remember him from um, he was like the lieutenant in Silver Surfer, uh, Fantastic Four Silver Surfer. He was. The, oh, yes, that's right. He's, he's done a lot of like nerdy roles. Like I remember him in uh, he played Darkseid in I believe it was Superman, Batman, oh. Public, not Public Enemies, but Apocalypse or something like that. It was like a sequel to Public Enemies. But it was good. I, I enjoyed his voice acting as well. Yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely had a very commanding voice, which was awesome. So we say goodbye to him. Another person we said goodbye to not too long ago was Matthew Perry. Everyone knows him as uh, Chandler from Friends. Um, we have received some more information, a toxology report that was in line with his autopsy. Unfortunately, there, it did confirm that he had some drugs in his system. Um you know, he battled with addiction his whole life. It's definitely very sad to see. But um, he there is a there was a cardiac arrest brought on by um, drugs in his system, uh, namely ketamine. But you know, we we mourn for both of these people. But you know, at least they're in better places now, where they don't have to deal with the struggles that they were dealing with sometimes behind behind closed doors as well as in the public eye, because God knows that that's, that could be a lot more pressure on someone. So moving away from that, we, you know, saying our goodbyes, uh, we are going to jump into some more lighthearted news. So, <laughs> so Jay, take it away with the next one. Um, all right. So if you love McDonald's, you might love them even more. So let's see. Uh, so if you if you've been alive for the past couple of weeks um, and, and probably within a year as well, they announced something called <laughs> you're like testing your, your pulse. <laughs> um, they announced something called Cosmics spelled 
C-O-S-M-C-S. Initially, when I first saw this on, you know, on the feeds, I was like, oh, that's cool. What it brought me back to was um, Pizza Planet from Toy Story. Just that, that feeling, you know, the 90s and it's like they're bringing it back or even 70s, 80s. Um, but uh, when I did my research, uh, they are basically Starbucks meets Sonic. It's it's supposed to be a basically a what if like kind of like variant from Loki like what <laughs> if it wasn't Ronald McDonald uh, like the clown it was Ronald McDonald the alien that decided to make these crazy sugary drinks and some snacks for I guess teenagers and adults it's not really focused on kids um, that to me was a letdown when I figured that out I was like okay. Um, so there's, there's like a couple random things in it so first off definitely yeah. like the the overall aesthetics is it kind of shows us um what they what mcdonald's had back in like the late 80s early 90s that like spacey type of aesthetic yes. it, like blues and purples definitely like some glitter and stars and stuff like that but the name cosmics actually comes from one of their like mascots that they abandoned a while ago and it's like it's literally an alien yeah. called cosmic and it was one of like ronald's like little sidekicks and to your point this is actually focused a little more towards like i guess teenagers and adults it's supposed to be a cafe for like quick snacks and like coffees and like high-end drinks kind of deal yeah and yeah basically there it's it's supposed to they plan on opening about 10,000 uh, restaurants um, in the next couple of years, but uh, it's, they're not, it's not across the country. It's a it's select few countries like Illinois, Texas, just like small places, well, not small places, but some places. Um, sorry. Yeah. Texas and Illinois is only two, uh, but two places in Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Metro, uh, Texas, if you're from there, um, and San Antonio. Um, and then, yeah, uh, this, this has been in the news for a while, but the, the new headline, this was like recent is where, what's the plan to expand? So the, they're, this is all coming to Texas in 2024, but are they going to expand mm-hmm. even further? Um, it gets, it gets a lot of mixed reviews because some people were saying like, Hey, it's, the drinks are too sugary. Uh, and like, what's the point of this? You know, this is just the internet, you know, clamoring. One of them, you know, I guess some influencer online was just like, hey, this drink was good. And like most people, they're like the waiting, waiting online for four hours to, to get something. But it's like, that's what happens with all restaurants. Every new restaurant, you're going to wait a long time unless it's like, you know, some other thing. But I don't know. Um, again, I was a little let down. I, I, my expectation was like Pizza Planet, but it's not. So that, that's just me there. But, Hey, if this this is for someone. <laughs> I'm gonna use that term for for a restaurant slash bistro or whatever. It's for someone. If I'm being honest, I'll go to this thing just off of the aesthetics alone. No, no, and and if it ever came to New York or if it goes to Florida uh, where you are, I I would go. I wouldn't wait online though. Like if it's fine yeah, no. and I can walk in and walk out, fine. But I'm not gonna wait online to get because I don't plan on getting that. I'll get a pretzel, which is. I have the menu list here, actually. Just a quick rundown. Menu hey, items. Some fruity drinks and slush. Sour cherry energy burst. Sounds like diabetes. 
berry hibiscus sour aid. What's with the sour? That it it, it gives me rocket power. It's Pom- it's weird. Hibiscus slush. It's That's it's probably weird the because it's like that I've read so far. We have coffee flavors, chai frat burst. I'm happy they didn't say chai tea. <laughs> I don't know what the the deal is with like the sour stuff. It strikes me as like the whole spicy revolution. Like everything is spicy now, and like people love like super spicy stuff. So I feel like now sour is having its moment. Where like how sour can you get? You but know? I feel like, like that it it did have its moment though. Like, I remember when Sour Skittles came out. There was a lot of sour stuff back then, like Sour Starburst. I thought it, I guess it's coming back, but I guess it's supposed to be part of this alien revolution yeah. thing. So, I guess, to make it different. Um, and then snacks, got spicy queso sandwich, pretzel bites, and McPops, a.k.a. donuts. So, basically, Dun- Dunkin' Donuts donut holes. But, yeah. Uh, again, I would go in there, but I'm just let down that it doesn't give me the Pizza Planet vibe. That's okay. That's just on me yeah. at that point. I was going to say, like, there is a real Pizza Planet in Disney. I believe it's in. Yeah, but like, I can't leave my apartment and go to Pizza Planet. No, but my, but my point being is like, even that Pizza Planet, like if you're older than like seven is a huge letdown. Like it's not the Pizza Planet that we saw in the movies, right? Like it's not like that at all. It's just, uh, it's somewhere to get like crappy pizza and then all the walls have your favorite like Toy Story <laughs> stuff. And that's where you're like, yeah, Pizza Planet. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> older than seven like wow but Um, i mean at some point we'll get a real pizza planet yeah at some point uh want to throw an honorable mention one of my favorite 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 snacks the snack wrap will return i remember when it just disappeared because one day i just didn't get snack wraps and then one day i find out it's gone it's coming back i hope it stays it's like part of the menu i remember when the dolly menu just disappeared but this was part of the dolly menu that was another too. But you know, inflation, skyrocketing, economics, recessions, presidents, politics, things just ruin things for some things. But snack wrap is back and I'm happy. Are which, you happy? Which snack wrap did you get? Mine was ranch, always. Oh, I just kept the basic, yeah. The the crispy chicken uh ranch. Yeah, it was I never I once did barbecue but it didn't work with it. I just stuck with the, the regular. Cause I know you could you could ask for it. Yeah. But I, I stuck with regular. Well, that's the correct and then answer. They wanted, and then they were like, I think it came at the same time, or this was like a little bit after they decided to do grilled, never had the grilled, didn't want them to grill. I wanted my crispy chicken. Yep. I, I, was a, I, I am a, of the same mind there. Okay. I mind. <laughs> so now, jumping into the world of TV and movies, first one up that we gotta just we mention we have to mention is one piece and this surprised me because i was like why but then when you think about it it's like it makes sense so one piece the anime is getting a remake and an anime remake so we're getting a retelling with better animation of one piece starting from the beginning yeah which to me I, I was I was um surprised and not surprised at the same time because One Piece is on this. It's always been on a ramp going up, 
and it was never yeah. coming down. It never really plateaued. Um, and I'm not surprised either because technically we already had the remakes. It's just people don't really talk about it because yeah. you know, I'm a One Piece fan. Um, there is the OVAs for those who don't know, it's original video animation, which basically consolidates the first couple of sagas um, in bulk. So there's the East Blue Saga, which kind of turns it into a movie. So you get the first chunk of the series in a movie form. So that was a way for people to catch up to the current uh, timeline of when, whenever One Piece was, you know, current. Uh, but this makes sense because I was talking to one of my colleagues too. Like, it, I love the old animation because of nostalgia and, you know, it's 90s. Technically, it is, it is 90s animation. I loved it. And, you know, seeing it evolve and be a toy animation, they always push boundaries when it comes to animation. It's been concealed with Dragon Ball. Uh, the Dragon Ball franchise. But, you know, if you want people, new people to get in, especially like, there's always new anime fans. It's not like, you know, that's ever going to get old. So those new people are going to like, I can't watch One Piece because it looks trash. It's just, they don't have that eye, the eyes that we do. So give them the new animation. They watch it. I'm sure they're going to stop at some point. I was never a, I don't want to say avid. I knew my way around Dragon Ball Z, but not as much as most people. But when Dragon Ball, I think it was called Dragon Ball Kai, which was a reanimation of Dragon Ball Z, they cut out a lot of the fillers, changed some of the animation, but it was still almost like for like. Not a lot of people liked it, but I'm just, I'm sure you were a big fan of the OG Dragon Ball Z. So that's how I see it. I wonder if they're going to stop at a certain point. I could imagine they stop at the Paramount War. Which kind of like because that's already new and that there's a lot of new animation from there. Um, even Oda said that's a good place to start if you were gonna watch One Piece. I personally I think that's not a good place to start, but it is a good place to start for most people, as he he said. So my my guesstimation is that the new animation will stop there. But that's that's five almost four four to five. Yeah, that's almost five hundred ish episodes. So. And you got to think about it. That's 10 years ago. Yeah. So at this point in like technology terms, that is ancient. Mind you, the S, there's a couple things. Uh, They get rid of, One Piece barely has filler. So that's not going to help them speed up. And you're starting from scratch. There's no need to like pause. Like, hey, we're getting too close to the manga. Let's slow it down. They yeah. just have to keep turning out new animation unless they're going to do some like for like, which when they do images or not images, animation from old like flashbacks and stuff, they redo that animation. They never mm-hmm. use the same footage. Um, so I'm not mad at it. Give me more One Piece content. It's like, give me more Star Wars content. I'm not mad at it. No. I'm never going to be no, mad I- at give, you. Give me, give me Andor season three, which I know is not going to happen, but I'll take it. I'm not going to be mad at it. <laughs> give me give me hating Christensen for, for, for Darth Vader or Anakin. I'll watch it. Same with One Piece. So I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this took me by surprise, but surprise in a good way. I think with the live action adaptation, with, you know, One Piece passing the thousand chapters, with, like, its fame at an all-time high right now, and, like, it constantly being added to um to Netflix, like there's so much of it now on Netflix, and they they are continuing to bring it over. Now Netflix 
being the home of this new anime adaptation kind of makes sense. It's like, it's just another One Piece thing that's going to be there. It's coming from WIT Studios. They work on um, Spy Family and Attack on Titan. So they have yep. the resume like for kick-ass animation. It's going to look great. And yeah. I have to imagine they'll probably just put it out in bunches like the and mind you, they're doing sagas uh, his other property um monster which is a uh, yeah. in my opinion he's part of the one piece fan, uh, lore um you know it's i have to imagine they're just gonna do you know each arc at a time and they're just gonna dump it all out minus all the filter right they'll do east blue and then take six months off do the next one like or maybe even a year i could see each season just being an OVA version, right? And just stretched out to, you know, 20 episodes, 30 episodes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it makes sense. And I'm definitely, I was pleasantly surprised by this. Yeah. So moving on from there, um, I, I put this in the docket specifically because of you. Um, so yeah. warrior, I literally learned about it today. So warrior has in fact been canceled after three seasons on max. So for those who do not know, warrior is um, based on the writings of Bruce Lee. Um, I mean, it got really good. Like it was critically acclaimed. Like there was nothing wrong with the yeah. show. It, but it's one of those things where there, it, it, it gets me annoyed with, with uh, WB canceling stuff. I thought they kind of slowed on that. And, I was concerned about it too because initially, just and just to get for for the listeners, Warrior was initially on Cinemax, which is yep. still part of the WB subsidiary, but it wasn't part of HBO Max or HBO or whatever. And you know, I've watched the show. I've seen season one and two, um, or rather, I've seen season one. What's the word I'm looking for? Like multiple times. When you go from season two to three, you can see the the uh quality jumps exponentially yeah. so i'm like all right they're giving it the love and the respect that it deserves the way season three ends i remember i i put you know my wife on it and she was she was loving it and then the way it ends i was like no there's no way it ends like this and the way it ends it's so good and has a cliffhanger and i'm like yo and that was my my fear mm -hmm. i hope they don't cancel it but my first news was I think yesterday, the day before, I heard that it was going to be put on Netflix as, you know, you can watch all three seasons on Netflix. So then I was like, okay, that's dope because they did that with um, Insecure. Insecure is all on Netflix as well. So I'm here like hearing this news and I was just upset. Like, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. And my hope is if I'm going to have have it on netflix on repeat just to give it the watch give it the views <laughs> just so it could just like just give me one season I, give me one more season i'm fine because i think they need to finish that story especially because yeah. it's bruce lee bruce lee's writings and certain works are getting revived especially because of her uh not her his daughter like his daughter has been all over the uh the bruce lee works so i think it's it's well deserved and we need to see it yeah and with her being executive producer on warrior on the show like she's been through it since the beginning since its conception and original placement on cinemax so you know she also released a statement real quick just i'm gonna paraphrase saying that oh, you know you. 
this this thing can't die. Uh, it's been made with the spirit of Bruce Lee, so it's going to be a fighter for a very long time. Very grateful to Netflix to you know be housing it now, and they're looking very positive, like positively with and with a lot of enthusiasm to hopefully make another season. And I mean, for something like this, there's no reason to not. There's more than enough fans of the show. There's like it has the popularity to justify at least finishing the story. So it being on Netflix is definitely a good thing. And we definitely hope to see it continue its journey and, you know, be fully fleshed out because that's what something like this deserves. Now talking about it just, again, it just, it rubs me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I must say it rubs me the wrong way, the way WB moves. Cause it's like, you know, when they, they said that they canceled, um, Westworld, but when I thought I thought Westworld actually end the way it ends, I thought it was a great ending. But what's what sucks is that they removed it from their HBO docket. So like when I was telling you to check it out, I think you were about to, or you did watch season one and two, and it just it's not on there anymore. It was being shopped around. So I'm happy that Warrior is on Netflix, um, and someone could go watch it. Yeah, no, it's definitely. Like I said, it's a good thing that it has a home for now, and it, it is a hopeful ending or a hopeful note for this story, right? That it, it could possibly see it see a wrap up, right? Yeah. So, um, continuing with that theme of like wrapping up shows, fan favorite curbed your enthusiasm. It's been on HBO since nineteen ninety nine is finally ending with its 12th season premiering on February 4th, 2024. It will be premiering on HBO and Max. It'll release the episodes weekly. February 4th starts it, and it will be ending on April 7th. It will be definitively ending. We also had somewhat of a hint from Jerry Seinfeld about a month or so ago um, saying how Seinfeld was not over that him and Larry David did have something to add to that story. We might see that here. Who knows? Maybe they'll move to an, that other thing being a new project after curbed, but, um, curb your enthusiasm defined a generation, you know, of, of adult comedy, uh, carrying on that, like show about nothingness that Seinfeld had, but following the everyday antics of Larry David and how absurd he is in real life, you know, quote unquote. So it's, it's a fantastically written show. Um, it has been very like, you know, tumultuous, like Larry David just kind of was like doing it whenever he felt like it, you know? It started yeah. in uh, 1999, took a break in 2011, and then like came back in 2016. Um, I mean, uh, 2017, and then you know has continued every year since then. But you know, it it's just it's a fan favorite show, one of my favorites, and sad to see it go, but happy that it's getting an ending. And maybe this means he'll he'll move on to some more projects that. Hopefully he has in mind. Hopefully this won't be the last we've heard of Larry David. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, flipping the table over and talking about some new things coming our way. First one up here is the If trailer, IF, starring Ryan Reynolds from the mind of John Krasinski. Now, 
those two names alone should tell you I would pay $2,000 for this ticket. Now, beyond that, the teaser trailer was nothing short of absolutely beautiful. Jay. I agree. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I I, I saw those names. And I was like, I'm going to watch this trailer. Um, I do want to see the movie because it. I, I think about stuff like that. Like, I love that uh, John Krasinski has that mindset because I have, I can say I have a similar mindset as well. He lives in the same uh, realm as I do. Maybe like a couple doors down in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I... I've thought of stuff like that. Like I, I think about it. I don't want to say frequently, but there are times I was I'm chilling by myself, and I'm just like, yeah, I remember when I had like the imaginary friends. Like that's not something. No, it's not like weird. We've all had imaginary friends, no matter how, whatever shape or form. And for him to create this movie and tell the story, you're a weirdo. Then, um, <laughs> um, for him to tell the story, it's just like I, 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 I can't wait to see and hear what he has to say because i probably have something that i've wanted to say but couldn't you know write it out or verbalize it so i'm excited i have no expectations i'm i'm gonna see it yeah i mean i i have expectations for it and i'd say that because when i you know, not a lot of people are going to compare it to that, but maybe people of our generation. When I saw it, I immediately thought of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Has that same vibe. You know, Ryan Reynolds is, you know, take, taking up the mantle of this, like, caretaker for all these forgotten imaginary friends, just like Foster did yeah. in Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. So it, it's within that same yeah. mindset. It does look like it's obviously going to be bringing its own charm. But the other thing that is making me have this uh like at least some expectations going into it is john krasinski's at the helm of this thing and there's an all-star comedic cast like we have including like john krasinski is also in the film but him and ryan reynolds we have emily blunt matt damon maya rudolph john stewart bobby moynihan sam rockwell sebastian matt manisk Sebastian Maniscalco, Christopher Maloney, Richard Jenkins, Aquafina, and Steve Carell is the voice of the Purple Monster. There is this is a laundry list of comedic legends. So I'm expecting this to be pretty up there. Like, is it gonna win Oscars and stuff? Yes, it is. I'm gonna say that right now because this is a wonderful idea. And it looks like it has a pretty dynamite cast behind it. So I'm excited to see this. Right now, they can only mess it up. Right now, it's it's a 10 out of 10 for me. They can only go lower. I think it it would... The only way it would go lower, it would be a massive missed opportunity. An MMO, as we would say. If there is no office reference. That's all um, I can say. There has to be, right? That, there has that's to it. be. That's all I got to say for that. Okay. <laughs> um, and then speaking of some new trailers, we did get a new teaser. Well, we got the first teaser for Kung Fu Panda 4. This is a franchise I feel like has been going on since I was a child. I feel like this this thing has been going on forever. Like, It reminds me of Shrek. Like, in yeah. the fact that it keeps going. I have nothing bad to say about it. I've never... 
I've only seen the first movie, maybe the second one, know about the third one. And I didn't see the trailer to this. So I'm not against it. I just, I don't have the, like, the drive to be like, hey, I'm excited, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. I mean, so, I thought yeah. it was cool. I, I'm enjoying that Jack Black enjoys portraying this character. I think that's what makes this movie fun. Um, he's always gung-ho about the Kung Fu Panda movies. Tenacious D is writing new music for Kung Fu Panda 4, which is always fun to see. You know, I watched the first and second one in theaters. The first one I've watched a million times. The third one I know about, it also includes Brian Cranston as Poe's father, which is fun. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to see this one, I believe. Like, Aquafina was introduced as, like, the new sidekick character for Poe this time around. Um, it seems really fun. It seems super cool. The villain is like a chameleon that can turn into anyone else's, like, fighting style, which is definitely a fun little twist to, to put on it. Um she even turns into, I think it's a she, even turns into Poe at one point. So it, it's, I've oh, always wow. enjoyed the martial arts aspects, obviously, alongside the comedy. But um, I, I was happy to see that this thing is is coming in again. I mean, it's, it is like Shrek. It is an everlasting property. If you play with it right, you can continue to make movies for 20 years. Like, there's no reason yeah. not to. Oh, yeah. this is definitely Agreed. some I'll some check funness. it out when I can. So, one last piece of TV movie news here. This isn't the funnest thing, so just want to give a little bit of a disclosure before we get into it. Um, Jonathan Majors has been found guilty on the account, uh, one account of harassment and one account of assault. So, the other counts were dropped against him, but along with those being dropped, he has been dropped by every major studio that he's been working with every project including marvel so he has officially been dropped by disney he will no longer be portraying kang in the marvel cinematic universe uh, marvel has begun to pivot already they've already changed the name of the avengers movie i think it was the kang dynasty was what it was called um that has been it's just the avengers 5 yep now I it's think. just avengers 5 um there's no word yet on how Marvel's going to move forward. Um, as we've seen, Jonathan Majors has had his role as Kang in the variants throughout the MCU at this point, you know, making different appearances. So what do you like? What do you think is going to happen? I would also love to if the viewers want to like chime in, comment or something like that. I would love to know. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. What, what do you think th is the next step simple. here? It's very simple. Like, I think, look, and spoilers, if you haven't seen Spider-Man 3 yet, um, the Tom Holland one, but it's very simple. Like, just do what they did. Like, they're different. Peter Parker's literally different actors. We already know variants can look the same. Like, there are multiple variants that look like Jonathan Majors. But you simply recast. You did it, and you did it with a, 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 a B character. I, I get. I know it was early on with War Machine, but Don Cheadle stayed the whole way through. Just recast an actor. I don't want to say a no name actor, but like relatively no name. Mm -hmm. Like he's not super super uh, uh, star heavy, but you know, recast him and continue it. But then the fact that they are pivoting when in lieu of the the 
the news, uh, the article from Variety, I believe, or was Hollywood Reporter about MCU as a whole. They didn't know what they were going to do. They were going to, they were thinking about doing Doom or and they were thinking they didn't want to do Kang. I think they could have still stuck with Kang. Um, just keep it. You, you already, you already put your foot in your mouth when it came to that. Stick with your guns, just recast and that's it. Just keep it simple, because then at that point you're just gonna lose, start losing people. You're already losing people. Don't don't make it worse. That's that's my that's my two to three cents. No, that's um that's pretty smart. I mean, I I'm in the same mindset of it. Like, don't throw away what you set up. That's only gonna make the problem worse. Um, now this other thing that I had in mind, like I'm in favor for a recast, but what do you do with like, do you pull a George Lucas and put that new character retrospectively into other properties? No. Again, I would say just leave it simple because, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, I don't want to talk down to people that are regular watchers of, mm-hmm. you know, or readers of comics. But, again, just go back to Spider-Man 3. They literally had three actors playing the same character. You had three actors playing the same character. Just keep it as, look, this was a variant that looks like this. He's like, why don't you look like this? He's like, I'm a variant. It's that simple. Like, we've already been conditioned to understand the multiverse. We've been conditioned that there could... we uh, Yes, for a while, we've been conditioned that every variant is you, but in a different part of your life, especially like with uh, Doctor Strange. We had Cumberbatch play the same Doctor Strange in different worlds, but I think with Spider-Man being a big property, I'm sure like the entire planet saw it. We understand that there are other, there could be other, and maybe it's just me. Like, you know, I think we should be old enough as a moviegoers to understand that it's the same character. If we can forgive Terrence Howard changing to Don Cheeto, we, we can make it. We'll be fine. Right. I just feel like, and not not saying that I want this, but I feel like yeah, yeah. in the world that we live in now with AI and CGI being so intense, um, I could see Disney and Marvel being like, okay, we're going to recast, but now in order to erase these other performances, we're going to have this person, like this person's face AI'd onto Jonathan Majors. Yeah. You could do that, but then now with the stuff with the strike, I don't think that's, you can't just willy-nilly do that. And mm. I don't think that actor would want to do that because is he getting paid for those roles retroactively? Like, there's a lot of legal stuff that goes into it. True. So, True. again, True. I think keeping it simple, we're just keeping it simple. <laughs> and that's just me. <laughs> All right. No, I agree. No more... Like I said before, no but more look, George Lucas that's, switching that's, out Obi-Wan. That's yeah. <laughs> that's us but you know disney could get greedy and just try to cut corners and do what you just said and people are gonna get miffed about it but whatever but definitely stick with the storyline that they've established and move forward do not do not try and undo it yes okay well tell us what you think guys yeah i would love to hear you know w- when this goes live if you want to comment on spotify or on the Instagram post that we're going to put up. Um, I would love to hear people's um, reactions slash ideas for where the MCU can go from here.
Okay. So moving into the land of video games. Now, first thing up, um, we do have to say goodbye to everyone's favorite video game conference from the past 20 something years. E3 has officially been sunsetted. The E3 video game conference will no longer be happening. It did take a break during the COVID uh, pandemic. Then it came back last year. It has been delayed indefinitely. And then finally we got news that it is shut down. So that really sucks. It it does suck because I, I remember being younger and really paying attention to E3 and Getting, you know, that coverage, like going to like G4 or, you know, IGN to get the breakdown was there because, yeah, because it was, it was closed off to the public. So you could only see coverage, you know, on whatever site or TV channel, um, had it. And it was, it was a time for announcements. It, it's kind of been nudged out by like the video game awards. They've only gotten more and more uh, important as time has gone on. You know, originally it was on Spike. That is true. Yeah, originally it was on Spike, and then now it, it moved away and became its own entity, and it's been growing. And now the sheer amount of announcements. You know, we just had one almost a month ago at this. Well, like two weeks ago at this point, the sheer amount of announcements that came out of that was insane. There was like there was a breakdown that I believe IGN or Kotaku had, where it was like seventy percent trailers, and the rest of it was the awards. You know, so we're yeah, getting it's it's that, and that's crazy because it's that. And with the other companies, Sony has their own conference. And my, uh, Nintendo has their own. Uh, Microsoft has their own. And it's, it's wild. Like, and while they're separate entities doing their own thing, like you said, the awards. I remember when awards was like, eh, whatever. They won Game of the Year. Hoo-hoo. But now it's like, no, awards are the thing now. It, it's, yeah. At some point, it's not there yet, but it's going to, when it gets more, when games get more love worldwide, like, even old people with white hair give games more love. It will become Oscar worthy, like Oscar, like that Oscar. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, thank you. I, at this point, like secondary award shows that come to mind, right. Are like, I don't know. Um, teen choice awards, people's choice awards. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had another one. What's the Nick, the Nick, the Nick. Oh, kids choice Choice awards, the Nickelodeon kids choice awards. Um, but there, Oh, the ESPYs, ESPN's ESPYs. Like Mm. I would put the VGAs in that category right now. And I think, I I think at some point we can get it to like the next level in my eyes. is like, you know, the SAGs, the, Golden Globes, like, yeah, and then after that we get the thing. EGOT, right? Do we have the Emmys, yeah, Grammys, but Oscars, the thing Tony's? Is with EGOT, if it gets on there, we're gonna have to change the acronym. Oh, I mean, we gotta throw V in there. So the, the Ego, Ego TV, the Ego TV, <laughs> bro. The Ego TV. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but I mean, hey, you know, gamers Not stand up. <laughs> Not in our life. Because you know, there's a lot of good actors that do a lot of good motion capture, and that is an award in itself. That That is an art. Like, it, it takes me back, and this is still a movie, but I think of Cumberbatch with uh, Smaug 
I didn't see the movie, but I've seen the behind the still the behind the scenes where he he acts out like the dragon and he's he's in it. He's he is the dragon. So again, it's not a game, but that's what motion capture is for video games. So I mean, yeah, and then you think of people th- you think of people that do both in video games, right? Like the the guy who did um Kratos's voice, he also did the motion capture for Kratos. Um mm-hmm. That man is a tour de force. Like he is a very real actor. And when you think about it, video games are like sometimes five, six movies in one. The amount of hours and how long a video game is compared to a movie, right? And yeah, now there are times I want to relive certain games and then I put it on YouTube and I'm like, I can't sit through this. Like I know I like I played the game before. I wanted to re rewatch or relive the God of War, the first one, and then I was like, I can't sit because I don't have that time. Like, if I was a kid in high school, sure. Yeah, you're, you're talking about, especially now, these games that are experiences and are cinematic. Like, they, they, you are playing movies, right? Like God of War, like Spider-Man on PS5. Like, like those things are like movies, but you can't just sit and watch them. It is like... It's like watching a TV show, an actual long season. Like you're talking 20, sometimes 50 hours of content. If you look into something like The Witcher, right? The Witcher 3, easily 150 hours before you hit the DLCs. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's so many things where we can, we as in the greater gaming public, uh, we can get to that level because, you know, these people deserve that. but beyond that as i digress like e3 is gone now um and nintendo was probably the first one right they stepped away and did the nintendo treehouse then it gave birth to the directs and from there everyone else kind of took their took their cues from them and sony came out and then xbox and that it, it can't just be e3 for indie games it just it's just not possible to yeah. to sustain. So it has officially been canceled. Um so R. we R. tip our hats RIP to E3. RIP3. <laughs> um moving on from there, uh Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has it has had its store release delayed to March. So, and the weird part of this is it's only for the Epic Game Store. So, it's only been delayed on that one storefront. It's being delayed to March 5th. So, this is what I thought was super weird. Um, Like, it's supposed to be retaining the February 2nd release date for all the other platforms it's coming out for. So I have them here. What is it? PlayStation 5, Xbox, X and S and Steam. So everywhere else, it's coming out a month earlier. But for Epic Store, Epic Games Store, it's being delayed to March. Very weird here. It's just like a weird insider thing like to be aware of. I don't love the precedent that this sets. I don't know if there's like some legalities behind this, but I'm at, like, yeah. I, I just want to, I want everyone to be aware and keep an eye out because 
I hope this is not an indicator of things to come, right? Like, so your preferred platform is getting delayed by X amount of days, weeks, months, but everyone else is going to have that it. Would, yeah, that would suck. I don't, that, that is, a. Uh, I don't want to say scary, but you know, it's, I don't, I don't want to see that. And you know, this, this is also mirrored by like other games too. Like typically it's higher, um, higher quality games, like these AAA games that we've seen. So Hogwarts Legacy, right? They had a very delayed release on Switch. And I think it was like six months after the initial release. Well, to me, that kind of makes sense. And so it makes sense because, right, they have to port it correctly. It's a very different landscape um, than Xbox and PlayStation. But it's also something that they prepared everyone for from the get-go. They said all, that yeah. it was coming to all these platforms, and it. they said, Port Key Games said that uh, it was going to come to Switch later, and they gave the date. But now, you know, this was the Epic Game Store. It was aligned to be coming out day and date with everything else, and out of nowhere, it's just been kind of pushed. And what's weird is that WB, the man, a community manager for WB Games shared it on the official Discord. So this isn't even like, this wasn't like something that they released on Twitter for the entire population. This is like, if you're in the official Discord for WB Games, then you're privy to this knowledge. So there was a lot of things here where I just was like, it gave me an uneasy feeling. I was like, okay. So just wanted to, to let everyone know about that yeah um another thing that we got and i mean this was a kind of going back to the video game awards we got a trailer for bethesda's blade game i was not ready my body was not ready for this it's being developed by arcane studios it's a third person action game and this teaser was like out of this world. It looked super cool. You know, we didn't see any gameplay or anything like that. It was just simply Blade being super freaking cool. It's been 20 years since Blade has seen a video game adaptation. And this one blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. This was a super cool, like, it very realistic, but it, it almost reminded me of like, Pixar, it, it to be honest, it kind of reminded me of Soul, but a little more realistic. Um, okay, just the animation style, but I think it looked really, really cool. I enjoyed the whole like, like the atmosphere of it all. Then it's you know Blade being too cool for school, and he's getting a haircut, and the barber's kind of scared. He like cuts his thumb or finger real quick, and he's like, "Oh, you don't got to worry about that." And then. You know, he's he's trying to give Blade like a trim or whatever. And then before he gets to doing anything, we see all the vampires outside going crazy. And Blade's like, yeah. you're going to want to lock up. And then it's, done. It's just, it was just a, a super badass moment. I thought it was really fun. It was a great uh, mm -hmm. teaser to get me interested. But um, I'm locked in. How about you? No, yeah, same. I, I feel the exact same way. Um, I do just, I just want to see more. Uh, and I think it is a much needed thing that we need right now, especially with um, the hoopla on MCU's realm. Like, it's just, we want Blade. Mm -hmm. It's all we ever want. And they just can't hammer it down. But 
Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm excited for this. Same Z's. So, last piece of video game news. It is a doozy. Um, and lo and behold, it has some more of our favorite Marvel characters. So, Insomniac. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. So, Insomniac has been breached. Hackers breached it on. What was it? This was like a week ago. About a week ago. Sorry, that Some, was corny. <laughs> something like that. So hackers reportedly <laughs> broke into um, Insomniac and they released a whole bunch of data. Yep, and I saw a whole bunch of that data. But I won't say it on here because I ain't trying to get destroyed by big Wi-Fi. So originally, um, they were holding this information ransom. So they had a bajillion different things. So everything from Marvel's Wolverine, they had like all the available available data, game builds, story, concept art, um, a bunch of stuff for Spider Man. The worst thing is they did have a bunch of staff data, so that's not fun. So information on human beings. And they also had some with well within the data it was leaked that Insomniac will have like an ex well not Insomniac PlayStation will have exclusivity to X Men games going into yeah. twenty thirty five huge which is a while huge deal for that but um all these things like it kind of sucks because it takes away from the thrill of the games the cool news announcements on top of it just not being cool that they have like data of people um you know this is nothing new unfortunately like there's been you know within the past like three or four years it's been a lot of different big companies that have been um subject to these breached. big breaches uh so right now i mean apparently they were um like trying to sell this on the dark web for like bitcoin and you know a lot of shady stuff a lot of like cd underground dark webby kind of deals it's, it's hard to enjoy seeing this too like yeah like if they were just doing it just for like they were doing a robin hood thing then maybe I'd, I'd be up and, and joyful, but like they're doing it for malicious reasons. I can't even enjoy the fact that I like, I even saw like the like clips of like the Wolverine gameplay. I was like, Oh, that was dope. But like, you know, me and my friends were speculating, but it was like at the same end of the day, like there's doing bad things with it. And then I saw the timeline on what insomniac is releasing. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I know. Now what? Like you're just ruining it, ruining the, ruining this. For a company with, with with real people that have real families and they need to put food on the table, like you're just messing things up. It, it could it could also stop production. Like that's that's a bad thing. You could just stop production. Yeah, and you that's know, the thing. Probably, that, what if we don't get Spider Man three? Like because of that stupidity. Yeah, or maybe they decide to completely pivot Wolverine now. Like because in that in that breach there was a bo a bootable version that showed off gameplay. Like it's it sucks and like there is a bunch of stuff, but I think I think just due to spoilers and like people might not want to know what's coming, I'm not gonna list it out here. Um if you do wanna know 
What oh, is, yeah, definitely don't. Yeah, if you are interested in finding out what is coming, um, if that information, like, is interesting to you and you want to learn more about, like, different, like, because it has, like, a, a thing for all the games that are coming up. St- all of them unannounced on top of like different contract deals like the x-men thing um like there there are a number of things here that are listed if you want to go and find them out we there is a very in-depth article on um ign that i was referencing um it was put out today well, it was updated today oh it was also put out today at like 3 30 in the morning it has all of it it's it's literally called insomniac hackers release stolen data leak wolverine videos future projects and more so there's more than 1.3 million files out in the wild right now Uh, if you want a deeper dive into what was leaked what are the upcoming games all that nice fun spoilery stuff you can head over to ign and look at the article on it there but Beyond that, actual stuff from Insomniac that was released, an actual update on Spider-Man 2 for PS5, um, they have officially announced that new, like a new update to Spider-Man 2 is coming in early 2024. This comes through a X, X, they X'd it, right? Do we know what the tweet is? Like the tweet version of X? Because like, Twitter had uh, tweets, they tweeted, they tweeted they it. Tweeted okay, it. we're just gonna say tweeted it. So they tweeted, they tweeted on X. Uh, Insomniac acknowledged the whole like thing with the with the leak and all that, and they also said that they have some news that they're willing to share on Spider Man Two. Uh, the new update is currently targeting early 2024. Don't know what that means, right? Where it's a very vague date. Um, we. They have doted um, New Game Plus coming to the game because it did not launch with it. Um, they ha- However, I believe they did say it was happening before the new year, but now I guess it's been pushed back. You know, I'd rather them get it right than mess it up, so I'm totally fine with that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like, there are different features that are absent as of right now. New Game Plus, audio descriptions, things like that. Um, they need to fine tune it before it could get publicly rolled out. They're targeting to early 2024, and they will have a feature complete list closer to the release. So we'll get an update of each and everything that's actually coming to um, Spider-Man 2 with that update. So, you know, kind of two sides of the coin here: a bunch of data that wasn't supposed to come out, and then a little bit of data that was supposed to come out. So. With that, we can go ahead and wrap up our docket and we can get into the weekly wrap. So, Jay, what have you been watching, reading, and playing? So, it's going to take it back a couple weeks. So, I saw the Boy and the Heron. Oh, how was uh, it? Good movie. It was, it was good. It was just like, the way I want to say is like, I have this nostalgia thing. Like, I'm like, oh, Princess Monoke is way better than this. Or, <laughs> like, I enjoy Kiki's delivery, sir. Like, it's just like, I, I kept comparing it to it. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, it's not saying that Miyazaki lost his form. It's just, it's like, it's, I don't know. I would have to see it again. 
because I've seen the other movies multiple times. Yeah. Um, but like, I would like what I want to do like is go watch Porco Russo, a movie that I haven't seen, and then see. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Because there are certain things that happen in the boy and there. Like the boy and the heron are barely together. Like that's the thing. There's I thought I was expecting like a buddy cop, not a buddy cop thing. Being how do I describe what movie can I compare it to? Like in like for example, in um Spirited Away, you got the girl and, and the, the boy, the whole spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Spirit Away, the dragon is the boy. Like they spend some time together. They they're or they're they interconnect in, throughout the movie. Yeah. In the boy and the heron it's more in the beginning and then they separate for a long time. And I don't, I guess the title is very deceiving. Like, why is it called the boy and the heron? Mm-hmm. I heard that it was retitled something else. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, that doesn't make sense to me. I, it should have just been called the boy. And like, there was a heron that's involved, <laughs> but like, that's the whole title. I don't know. The boy and uh, there was a heron. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, again, the movie's not bad. It's just, it just does like story wise, like, I was able to pick up on like, okay, this, this happens because this, I'm like, oh, this has to do with like time. And I'm like, okay. And things aren't really explained as much. Like, mm-hmm. and I compare it to spirit away because in spirit away, at least we get certain explanations. Yeah. Like there's a point and not to get to the spoiler territory, but like, there's a point where, um, they're crossing through like a, this cavern. And then the, there's this girl that says, yeah, like you're getting hurt by the caves because he's getting like kind of like electrocuted. It's like, yeah, because it doesn't want you to be here. And it's like, so where are these powers coming from? Like, where is this world coming from? Again, I have to watch it again to mm-hmm. understand. That's probably one thing. I have to rewatch it again. And I saw it at a, you know, I saw it like in the morning. So mm-hmm. I was like, I went, saw it in the morning and I was like, oh, cool movie. Um, it left me wanting, not wanting questions, uh, not wanting more, but having questions. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the point. Um, but the movie does its job. It has a beginning, middle, and we get the boys drive. I don't, but we can talk when you see it, mm-hmm. uh, but when, when it comes, when, uh, whenever that time comes, Anywho's, I also saw little Mary bat, little Mary Batman. Yeah. Is it little Mary Batman? Little Mary Batman. But you know which one I'm talking yeah, about on no, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It was, it was adorable. I loved it. Um, it it is so it's Damian Wayne mm-hmm. and all the villains are older because there's a point where um because I realized like oh wait the characters we see Bane but Bane get barely speaks it's like each of the villains look like characters from either Tim Burton or Schumacher so like mm. Ivy and Burton look like the Ivy and Bur- uh, Ivy and Bane look like the Schumacher versions of themselves but they're older so there's a point where so the whole movie is basically not to get into the spoiler territory, but he get, Batman gives him a gift, and it's like something he's been waiting for. He cherishes it, but somehow two bank robbers decide to steal something, steal presents from the Wayne house. But they lose all the presents, and they take the one thing that Bruce Wayne gave to Damian Wayne. And then these back uh, these robbers are tied to um, the Joker. So this mm-hmm. is basically the Grinch stole who stole Christmas. Uh, meets like the Batman universe and like some other, oh, and uh, uh, Home Alone, like all that balled up into one meets Batman, mm-hmm. and he spends his time trying to get it. Like he's very acrobatic for this like eight year old or whatever and he's doing, but he's not like he can't like he fights better at the end. But it's like it's it's always been in him. Yeah, but he's just still a kid. 
but he's doing acrobatics, like jumping off buildings and doing stuff, driving the motorcycle, but not knowing where it's parked because he's a kid. It's it's cool. And but my favorite scene is when you confront the penguin and he's in like a mo like a, a scooter. Like they're old. So that's why he that's why Damian Wayne is able to handle all of them. And like, yeah, it's not the Damian Wayne you've seen in the comics or in the animated movies, none of that. It's just this is a it's a kid's movie and I enjoyed it. Like again, it was the Grinch meets Home Alone meets Batman. Mm-hmm. It all balled up into one. Oh, and like a little bit of uh, Die Hard. Um, but that's <laughs> basically what Home Alone is, if you think about it. Um, great movie for for those. Uh, definitely, people should watch it. I saw I want because I love uh, Dylan O'Brien. If you don't know who he is, Dylan O'Brien is uh, one of the actors from uh, uh, Team Wolf. He's like the second, I guess, actor in there. Uh, now, how do you call him? He's not the he's not the main. He's a supporting actor. He's not. He's a supporting. Thank you. That was the word. Supporting in Team Wolf, but he's like the star in Maze Runner. If you're a big fan of Maze Runner, he's there. I love Dylan O'Brien, but he there's a couple movies I need to see. I just kept slacking on, but this one is on Netflix called Love and Monsters. Mm. Um, someone uh, I saw a review for it, and because I wanted, I was just looking it up to see if there was going to be a sequel, which it feels like it would be a sequel. But uh, someone described it as unique. It's it's familiar and unique at the same time. So it takes place in a world where, you know, Earth is about to get hit by an asteroid. The entire planet decides to unite and shoot nuclear bombs into this asteroid. They succeed, but the uh, radioactive chemicals that fell from the sky went into our world. Didn't affect us humans, but affected everything around us. So Whoa. all the bugs, all the animals got mutated and turned into big ass. Big monsters. Uh, so, uh, uh, basically, everyone had to burrow underground. So they're like big cockroaches, big ants. Uh, they can kill you. All those things. And uh, the main character, Dylan O'Brien, is just he gets unnaturally petrified when he comes in contact with danger. Hmm. So, like, there's a point where an ant burrows into the one of the underground colonies. And is about to kill him. And you, like, the ant's, like, thing was about to crush his head. And he's just holding the arrow, the, 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 the crossbow in front of him. He just doesn't move. So, but, you know, it's about, you know, coming, uh, uh, you know, overcoming adversity. And he does it all for love. And you realize that, you know, he does it because, and, and there's a flashback where, you know, he he and this girl were together and then seven years seven years goes by everyone around them is partnered up and cuddled up you know cuffing season but he's by himself <laughs> so everyone experiencing all this except with him so he basically was like you know what i'm gonna go out and do this because they got breached and they're like are you really gonna do that and he's like yeah so it, it's a good movie it's a nice feel good movie it's on netflix i believe it came out in 2020 or 2021 good movie so if you got like post-apocalyptic movies definitely Go check it out. And then I saw Gojira. Oh, man. So jealous. That. So good. Like, this is why we hate Hollywood so much. Toho Toho was like, give me Godzilla. Let me do it right. And they did it right. And the reason being... It's a $15 million budget, which is like nothing nowadays i was gonna get to that yeah so i was gonna get to that so it's like it came out here in the u.s 
obviously came out of Japan first, but it came out here in the U.S. But because it did so well, they're like, let's keep it in theaters for a little longer. It was so good. Like, one thing that I've always liked about the first Godzilla in 2013, I believe, by WB, I was like, wow, they really brought in actors, you know, acting, Brian Cranston, uh, I forget, I'm forgetting the Asian guy's name, but he's, uh, oh, Ken Watanabe. Great actors. Give me the emotion from humans. We don't need, and the thing about the US, or sorry, Hollywood's uh, Godzilla, it's very, it's very anti-hero or more hero, where Godzilla should be a force of nature, which he, in this, in uh, the 2013 version, I did like that. He is a force of nature, but he's not like picking on humans. You know what I mean? In this version of Godzilla minus one, he is a force of nature and he's like, get out of my way. I don't care who you are. And they focus on the main character who is not to get super into it. He's a kamikaze pilot. And every decision he made affected why Godzilla, like he's tied to Godzilla. So Godzilla is a thing because of him. And it makes sense. And they tie it to the human emotion. And like, if you can find a way, definitely go see it. Like you have to see it. Like, I hope it's in the Oscars somehow. Like it needs to be. I mean, it, it, can, it could be, be like Oscars. for like international film or whatever, um, whatever that car- foreign film or whatever. Yeah, like it, it's just that good. Like even even my wife liked, it. like she loved it. No, I was gonna say I really wanted to see it, and um, my dad was a huge like Godzilla buff um back in the day, like the the earlier movies, and I mean even now he loves the yeah. the newer ones. Um, originally I wanted to go and see it with him. Um, had some family stuff happen, so we weren't able to go see it yet. But um, but that's like a movie I want to see with him because I know like he would love it. We I showed him the trailer because he didn't even know that it was coming out. I showed him the trailer. I, and he was talk. he was like like from the instant from the beginning of it and where you see Godzilla like swimming under the big like uh like battleship thing he was like oh sh-. it it yeah. looks so good and i was so into it from the original trailer that dropped you know it looks good it looks good and especially look 15 million dollars look set costume design everything looks great obviously when you see godzilla clearly you can see the cgi in it but it's like he's the only thing that's cgi so when he when that cgi meshes with like real surroundings it works and i'd rather that than like ant-man quantumania or uh i don't know I mean, the what dis- other the destruction high budget looked amazing but- also like Oh yeah, the, yeah. That's it. like the, the like the set pieces, everything. A lot of practical effects, which is great too. Everything is great. Um, I don't want to stay on it too much, but like this is what Hollywood was intended to be. But we've lost our way. And again, not all of Hollywood is like this. It's just a very small percentage. Like I'll throw a twenty four in there, but a twenty four doesn't produce a lot of movies. They tend to like take movies from festivals and show them. But those movies that are that are made are made. For from passion, and this is a passion project. Um, I, I I welled up in certain scenes. Like that's that's how good this movie was. I haven't welled up in a while. Yeah, it was it was really that good. Um, and I feel like I have another movie that I saw, but I can't. Oh, I watched Rebel Moon. 
Oh, what did you think? On Paris Theater. I've heard a lot of mixed things around it. So it's getting a lot of bad reviews. But when I went into it, I assumed it was going to be like two hours and change. But Mm -hmm. I looked at the time and I was like, mind you, as a, as a, you know, Marvel, uh, a movie connoisseur, uh, someone that knows his movies and his edits, there were a lot of weird edits. Mm -hmm. So I realized this movie is, this movie is actually rated R. Yeah. It's supposed to be almost three hours. The theatrical version, which again they put it in the in theater in the Paris theater, it wasn't like um, AMC. Um, it was like maybe an hour, maybe close to two hours, and it was rated PG thirteen. So certain scenes were cut weird. So like I remember, like so the movie and my thing is, and you know this, I hate rehashing, and this is why one of my I, this is my least favorite episode in Mandalorian. Uh, I hate Seven Samurai. Uh, retellings because i mm. think it's uh it's it's hackneyed it's not it's not original um so that so rebel moon is that meets star wars and of course rebel moon was initially supposed to be a star wars uh yeah. storyline that um zack snyder wanted to do but obviously um this was around the time of the disney acquiring lucasfilms but going back i i enjoyed it for what it was because i knew there was a lore behind it like there's mm-hmm. a lot of world building but the thing is I, I i didn't get all that i wanted so the good thing is that the full version is gonna initially come out on netflix this week so i'm gonna watch it again and i want to make my final like judgment there mm-hmm. this one didn't give me all of it it was very it was like it was cut for to to appeal to the mass audience that's what it was designed to do but all you did was have the Snyder haters just prove prove a point, but it's like it's not cut the way he wanted, or I guess it is cut the way he wanted, but it's I guess Netflix is cut. I guess this is the the four um, kids the four kids version. Yeah, you can say it's the it, it base. It is the four kids version. <laughs> That's what it is. But like it has its moments. Like there are certain things that I like. I like, for example, like so they're collecting these warriors, right mm-hmm. and. Our boy Dijmon Hansu's in it, and he's in a world where there's a gladi- gladiator. It's a, it looks like a coliseum. He's supposed to be a fallen soldier, fallen captain, or a fallen general, and they just recruit him. But I'm like, we didn't even see him fight. We didn't see him because there are certain characters that basically we see their skill set. Yeah, but we didn't see. And then like that's just a disservice to my, my one of my favorite actors. Like like I've always said this. I want to see him have a lead role. Like. Before anything, you know, God forbid something bad happens, I don't want, I want him to do something. He's always supporting. He should always, he should have a lead role. Um, but this, again, because it's a cut, we, I, I would like to imagine he does have an action sequence yeah. that happens in the full version. Um, so I saw it. I liked it because I was like, oh, I, I can't, I want to see the big world. And also it is part one of another movie. So that's coming out in 2024 in the spring. And you know what? That was weird to me because everything initially just said Rebel Moon. So I didn't even realize but that yeah, there was a part that, one right, until yeah, like so, last week. Yeah, part one was announced like a couple months ago. A couple months ago. But Rebel Moon, just the title, has been around since, you know, since we've heard about it. Um, in the movie, it says part one. It ends part one and end of part two. And then part two, uh, part two will be a thing. Um, at least it wasn't like Dune, where no one knew yeah. Dune. Like uh, we knew, but 
not a lot of people knew until the end of the movie. So, uh, good cinematography. Uh, you know, it's, it's the Zack Snyder style of shooting things in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. I love his slow-mo sequence, but there's certain slow-mo things. I'm like, you don't need to do slow-mo there. But it's his it's, it's style. Someone's like sneezing and he's uh, like... Ugh. He's like... <laughs> it's literally that. And then also, uh, some of the ships remind me of Dune because it's very blurry but realistic. Mm. I love that. And it, it, it works. Um, and me and my friends were talking after we saw it. It's like, anytime there's a snow scene, you know something dope is going to happen because... Snyder works best in the snow. When you slow everything down, <laughs> especially with rain, you know that's his place. But um, yeah, I think that's all I saw. I didn't play much. I didn't read much. Um, that I spent most of my time like watching stuff, a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm watching my Gilmore Girls. I'm watching Sons of Anarchy. Um, having uh, Seinfeld run up again. I'm trying to have it run in the background so I can just get that through. Yeah, and that's it. Okay. Um. For me, I watched a lot also, but I also played a lot. So I have a bunch of things to go through. So watching um, Gilmore Girls, obviously. Um, Seinfeld in the background. Uh, what season? Of, of Gilmore Girls. Of Gilmore Girls? We're still on two. Yeah. Bro. Okay. Taking forever. But nah, in I got Seinfeld, I think I'm on season six. I think I just jumped into season six yesterday. Gotcha. But that's the background show. Um, in terms of things like like actively watching, so I finished another run through of Avatar, uh, Last Airbender. Such a Always great show, Always. man. Like, Did and you read the comics. I feel like we haven't talked about that. Before. I read it when it first came out when we were in college. I read them because you yeah. had it like on on the phone right. or something. I mean, you had it. Com- Completely legitimately and yeah we, we all paid for our copy but um yes. i read it then i haven't read it ever again yeah, um, i don't reread it again i just know the story so i'll rewatch this show i, I just reading. i just remember them saying babe a lot in it and I, i'm i'm cool I, I i'm waiting for the continuation um animation give me that like yeah but Oh yeah, well the Netflix version. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm hyped for that. Yeah, give me that. But um, so yeah, so I watched that. I actually started Legend of Korra. I'm nice. Another one where again, I only watched the first season when it aired. Uh, so there's a lot of it that like the beginning episodes I remember, but halfway through the season, I really like a lot of this stuff is like really new. And every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I remember that. Okay, so. It's fun. Like I'm seeing a brand new show. You know, it, it it's nice. Yeah. Um, actually enjoy it a lot more this time. Um, just because I think maybe my tastes have changed a little bit, and I really do like. Yeah, it. I don't recall you like not liking it. I think it was also just time as well. Yeah, it was like I enjoyed it for what it was back then, but I just didn't actively seek it out. Now that I have the convenience yeah. of it all being on Netflix, um, and I'm just running through it, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really cool, and I like the the stark contrast between the two series. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I'm almost done with season one. Another show, like just like the other Avatar series, where you can just keep it going, and it just like it's bite sized. It's so quick. Well, that um, one's more bite-sized. It's only 10 episodes, I believe, right? First season. 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at the end of season one there. I finally saw a little movie called Barbie. And I don't know if you know about this, but it's a pretty good movie. Did you? I thought you saw it already. No, I missed it when it was in the theaters. Oh, I, I just assume, yeah, it's a good one. Did we? I guess we never talked about it. I saw it in theaters. It was really good. Yeah, it was a good movie. Dude, I like welled up and I felt good about myself and like there was just and you know what there's a couple of things i have to say about people and people suck because there's a lot of people that saw this movie and were like oh it's not good you know it's all about feminist crap or whatever or oh, what's up what's the, what's the hoopla about like what's what is this about like people were just like i don't get the hype and i was like it's a good movie like it, i would tell someone like go see it that movie is Definitely is in the top three for my year. That movie was so freaking good. And throughout it, I was like, I loved the just, it, it's a movie about an existential crisis. You don't think a Barbie movie like is going to be so deep. But when you look at it like a film, that movie was absolutely phenomenal. Like the storytelling yeah, yeah. was take great. Away, take away the pink and it's, it's, it's a, yeah, like I said, it's a crisis. It's an existential crisis movie. Like the casting was phenomenal. The story was great. It's like watching somebody's life literally crumble in front of them and them having a real reaction and then coming to grips with their role in society. It's insane. And then on top of that, like you have kind of like the breaking down of these two roles of two different people right you have ken and barbie ken whose whole thing is like he wants barbie to love him and then you know having to go on a journey of his own for self-discovery and like you know taking a really weird route where it's probably not the best and then learning that he needs to figure out who he is like it was so beautiful like it really spoke to me and i felt like as a millennial that has had his own existential crisis, I felt very like seen and I thought it was absolutely beautiful. The character was great. The characters were great. And on top of that, it was very artistic. The cinematography in this movie was way better than it needed to be. Like certain yeah. frames were just beautifully set. Like it, it, like some of it reminded, there's a close up of her eyes that reminded me of the close-up in Midsommar. Then there was like, mm. there was a scene, most of the scenes in the Mattel headquarters were like straight out of like Wes Anderson, you know, obviously without the pastels, yeah, yeah. but just that symmetrical framing, beautiful. Like, it, it, it was honestly a 10 out of 10 movie. I saw no faults. Um, I will be seeing it again, and I will be purchasing the I Am Knuff fleece hoodie like i will own that like it was just no yeah it, this movie was it, it was really good like i and it's not and i like to tell people it's not a uh it's not a like a. it's to tell boys not to be machismo it's like it's just it's about it's layered it's not just a, it's not a man 
versus woman thing. It's not about, um, it's about self. It's not about society. Well, it is because again, it is, but it's, it's still about the self. It comes, always comes down to the self because what, when you have multiple selves, then you have a society and how we function. It, it, it's all layered. It does a really good job on that. Kind of want to just add on to that. You saw, I'm assuming you saw it on Max. Did you yeah. see that they have an ASL version of that? Yes. Which I thought was really dope. I popped it on just to see how it would function. And there's just a woman on the corner doing all that. Oh, I uh, figured hands, that's what uh, it was going to be. So I was like, that makes sense. Cause they're, they're not like, I don't know how it was going to play out. I don't know if there was going to be a smaller box where it's no. not, cause it blocks, it blocks certain things. But honestly, I, I don't know if it's specific to Max because that's that's very unique to their streaming service. Mm-hmm. Not to take it away from Barbie, but I think Barbie is a good way to start with that. Uh, I don't know what tack that on. But. Well, I mean, and also the movie. I'm sure you would say this. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the movie itself is incredibly inclusive. Like, without like, the, some of it is is ham fisted on purpose, but there's also a lot of it where yeah. it's just it is just inclusive. Like just. That's just what it is. So it having an ASL version like is in line with the dogma of the movie. Like I thought that was a really cool thing to see. But um, but what were you saying? No, I was gonna say three things. Kay McKinnon, great. Oh, she perfect. was perfect. I thought I loved her character. She she represented anyone that turned like turned of uh, like a certain age, and I I thought that was a great character. Second, um, when I saw. So retroactively, when I saw Elf, I saw the parallel when they're traveling from, you know, fantasy world to, so I saw that parallel. So again, I saw that retroactively. Um, and then America's speech that reminds me of, um, Emma Stone's speech, not the same speech, but just the the delivery from Birdman. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I got from that. So, um, yeah, great movie. It was awesome. All, everyone's portrayal of their character was absolutely phenomenal. Um, th- you know, the one-liners, the, the funny one-off jokes, the, the beach-off, the, beach the self-awareness, you know, even smaller things that, like, I mean, you can definitely get it on your first run-through, but, like, the Barbie's theme song, right? Like, when Barbie's getting ready the first time, it's like, this fun, happy song, and it's like, you know, everything's going perfect. I say hi to my girls, blah, 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 blah. And then when her next day happens, after she's had this crisis, it's all the lyrics have changed to reflect what she's thinking in her head, but it still has that, like, upbeat momentum happening. So it's like, it's just funny to that they would have that self-awareness to have both versions playing out. Um, to it, Everything, 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 everything. It was, it was fantastic. Um, saw that, saw, oh, I haven't seen it in probably a decade, but saw Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop, the first one. Classic. Dude. One and two are goaded. I don't care about three. So I, I don't think I've ever even seen three, but I don't know if you saw there's, you know, Axel F, the continuations coming to Netflix. I, I think I'd watch it just for nostalgia, but it, it's doing to, I saw the trailer. It's doing way too much i'm still gonna see it whenever i feel like but it's never gonna be one or two no it can't be and it's you know the trailer it's it's cool it has that like actiony funny thing it, it kind of reminds me of um oh my goodness what's this director the guy from bad boys oh michael bay yeah it reminds me of a michael bay movie 
Yeah. So I, I mean, I he's he's actually directing it, but as a silent partner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm joking. I thought you were being serious for a second. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, but you know, it's funny they brought back all the the partners and the old characters from from it. So I, I thought that was fun. You know, a lot of fan service. They did not age, not to talk bad about it. Oh, but they no. didn't age well. But it's not like they're doing a lot. So. A lot of fan service for sure. And I mean, hey, if Eddie Murphy can pull off those action sequences, by all means, go for it. Not so, a stunt double. Yeah. Uh, so saw that. So the first one, such a good movie. Uh, saw. Yeah, I was humming that. Like I saw it. I re. I saw it as a kid. Rewatched it when I was like in high school and I, I remember that one summer i just kept saying like humming that theme song just kept humming it it's no reason just such a good <laughs> 80s theme so fun fact like I, I think the first time i saw it i was already in high school mm. but fun fact like did you ever realize how often they play that freaking theme song it plays in every transition in that movie and every time it yes. played, me and Eric, because I, you know, I watched it with my family. We all sat down. Um, every time it played, me and Erica would go like, would do the crazy fog thing. So like, when it would end, we'd go Bing Bing, like like at the very end of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was such yeah. a good it was such a good movie, such a good like a uh, nostalgic trip. Um, another Eddie Murphy instant classic I saw was. Netflix's Candy Cane Lane. Um, it was bad. Don't see it. Uh, I will say the only reason to see it is because of Ellis Ross. No, she does terribly in this movie. Like, really? Like she looked. She looked great. She- like you know, she she's Tracy Ellis Ross, but her acting in this is like clearly subpar. Like clearly oh because she could do better than that oh absolutely yeah, same thing with, I, I, she is a good actress same thing with eddie murphy he you could tell they phoned it in like it's just like you know this was a paycheck gotcha the one character that i would say it's one of the and you see him in the trailer uh i forgot his name he's a comedian he's been on he's been on snl forever uh there's one oh supporting character who gets turned into like one of those little figurines oh, the black guy the black guy he for he, me he's like the black P- P- davidson yeah 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 okay no okay I know him, for me steals it steals the whole movie he put his whole ass into that character because he okay. is hysterical like okay hysterical in that role like that that is that is the reason to see that movie. Literally nothing else. Um I was also kind of disappointed. Nick Offerman is in it, you know, Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. Didn't even know it was him until I looked it up on IMDb. Um and then at the end of the movie he shows up like in human form. Uh he's one of the, the little Christmas toy things also. Terrible gotcha. British accent. Terrible. Like he, he plays like a Dickensian British guy. He's like one of the first um, people to fall for this trap, and he he becomes that Christmas figure. Um, yeah, terrible British accent. So it, there was nothing really redeeming about the movie besides that one that one character. Uh, yeah, I would like to watch it just for that, but I'm like, I can't waste time 
I'm just that one no, person. But it's just, I it's funny. You. It's funny, just that. I'm sure at some point there'll be a YouTube compilation that's like three minutes long of all his jokes. Um, yeah, if it comes up on my feed, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> what else? That's sad. We, we're at this life now. So, so that saw Harry Potter 6, right? Nice. No. Yes? No. No, five. Because what happened? Me, me and Erica watched six like a week and a half ago. We got halfway, then we called it quits. Then we went to my parents, and they're also watching the Harry Potter movies, but they were one behind, so we watched five again with them. Oh, uh, okay. And I believe... I believe that's it. That's everything that I watched. But in terms of playing, I... I think the last time we, we had an episode, I, I talked about um, Super Mario Wonder. Great game. I beat it, finally. I did, like, the final, final secret level that unlocks when you do everything else. Beat that, and you get, like, a secret power-up. Um, was it worth it? No. Did I do it? Yes. Um, so I did that. I played through the Back to the Future DLC for Power Washing, Power Washer Simulator. Amazing, such a, and it's weird because I didn't know how they were gonna portray it because in each one of the DLCs there's a storyline that goes along with it, like the SpongeBob one you're just a fish cleaning up around Bikini Bottom just like you are in the other one it's guy cleaning up in the real world, in the Final Fantasy one you are employed by the company that's ruining the world Shin whatever, uh. And you're you're cleaning all of their stuff, um, yeah. So it's it like it makes sense in world. For this one, you are a part of the crew behind the scenes for each of the movies. Mm. So you are like before they shoot the scene, you're there cleaning it up for them, and they you're like you're like you're talking to one of the interns, like they you know throughout the game and the DLCs the way that they tell the story is like text messages from your client. So they'll pop up every so often. So the intern who hired you to clean the set is like giving you cool, like behind the scenes info, like, Oh, this random kid, Marty is friends with the mad scientist, And we don't know where we're going to take yet, but we're going to do the yada, yada, yada. And you're wearing this, like, you know, a cleaner suit. So it's like that onesie plastic suit, similar to the suit that, marty mcfly wears in the first one and the intern is like oh you know what i really like your suit and i think we can actually use it in one of the scenes like do you rent those out and it's just funny because it's like marty mcfly does wear a suit like that um when you clean the delorean it accidentally takes off it goes 88 miles an hour so you see it like you see it take off um you get to clean the uh you get to clean the the train from three that's the last thing you get to clean. And when you're done cleaning that, it accidentally takes off also. Um, you clean the movie theater from the second one, and you get to stand where Marty McFly stood, and the Jaws hologram yeah. comes and tries to eat you. Um, it's like it's a lot of things like that. They put a lot of love. It was super fun. I, I loved it. Played that. Played. I started Super Mario RPG, the remake. Um, I only got about an hour or so into it, maybe two, um, but super fun. Love the mechanics and you can see 
because the original Super Mario RPG was made with um, Square before they were Square Enix and Nintendo, and it was the predecessor to Super Paper Mario, well, Paper Mario, that series. So, and you can see there's a lot of the, the mechanics, even though this is a remake, they kept it pretty like, like, um, not one-to-one, but they kept it, uh, as close as possible to the original. And you can see how it is a predecessor to the Paper Mario series. A lot of mechanics, a lot of just like art is like the same. A lot of the, the gameplay things are very similar to Paper Mario. So it's fun. It's, it's definitely a fun playthrough. Uh, I also love their little like squish down like models. I think they're super cute. And then I've been playing Pokemon Go. And it's a staple now. Yeah. Uh me, Brianna, me, my sister Brianna, and Erica, we all got hooked on the New York Times games. So like Wordle, there's another one um on there called Time. No, it's a well. They have apps, but you can also just go to the New York Times website, and there's a bunch of brain teaser games. So we were playing them like crazy, uh, and the last one I want to talk about real quick is Fortnite. For everyone that doesn't know, Fortnite is the beginning of Ready Player One. With this new expansion with Chapter 5, they have blown the door down. I've spent so much time already in the Lego world in Fortnite. I've built a huge village. It is beautiful. And characters that you already have in Fortnite, I would say probably like 60 to 70% of them have a Lego version. So you can use those characters and you don't have to rebuy them or anything. They're available from the get. And that would have been, that would have been evil, but that's dope. So like right now, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they all dropped those skins dropped for Fortnite, including uh, April O'Neil. I got all that because I had to, and they come with their Lego versions. Like, it's just it was so cool to see that and like they are animated lego like just like in the lego movie or anything um and the world it's literally does, like does it remind you of the lego video games like the like the star wars legos or harry potter yeah legos? somewhat yeah for sure like, like that um the world is definitely a amalgam of lego and regular textures so like Everything you build are Lego pieces, and you build them. You sell, you put them like in the spots and stuff. Uh, every thing that you hold, eat, or use is all Legoized uh, versions of them. But all the terrains and stuff like that are regular textures that you would see in like regular Fortnite. But yeah, that game it's a uh, if they can. T- if they continue to build on it, which I'm sure they will, it it will kill Minecraft. Like, my like it is just so. It the bones are there, the foundation is there. There are things they're literally making tweaks daily, like to things. Like they just did, like literally within the last like three days, they did a durability upgrade to all the tools. They increased the the amount of stuff you can carry. Like there's like a lot of stuff that they're just literally every day making like 
fixes and tweaks and stuff like that. It's fully free. It's a fully free game. They give you some characters in the beginning. You don't have to spend a dime in Lego Fort, uh, Lego Fortnite. There's not like, unless you want to get more characters like you would in the regular Fortnite game, you don't have to spend a dime and the entire game is there for you. And it is, it's open-ended. It's like Minecraft. You can create your own world. You can make a world that's open for anyone. There's a free sandbox mode where you can just create stuff and never run out. So you can make those big structures like you've seen in Minecraft, like big art pieces and things. It is endless. Like it is, I can't believe they were able to pull this off. And that's one out of the four main games they have now. So today, actually, I tried the Guitar Hero clone that they have now. It's called um, Music Festival. Uh I think it's what it's called, Music Festival. And it's Guitar Hero. You know, it, it was developed by Harmonix. It's super fun. And you can use any character you own. My question to that is, but you would be using the controller. Yes, you are using the controller. It's it's a little hard to get used to it at first, but it's just the left and right D-pad and the left and right buttons, like uh, letter buttons. Yeah, because I'm wondering if, like, if at some point, if they do develop some sort of... They don't have to go crazy with a guitar, like, just the same guitar, just different port, or, like, a wireless one. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like They are developing it already. Connect- That's a thing. Yeah. I could imagine because that that would be a thing. Yeah, yeah, they're developing them okay. for the different for the different systems already. That's a thing. Um, this one is just four buttons opposed to the five, but um, yeah. same kind of structure. You can do a jam stage, which is just like a private thing, like a, pri- a local game, um, and it's only with yeah. the music that you have acquired. So you start up. You can in the battle pass. You can get music tracks for it. So if you have the battle pass, you can acquire music tracks through that. You can also buy one-off music tracks that are available in the store. And on the main stage, which is the other thing, it changes every so often. So for like one week or two weeks, you'll have a selection of 20 songs and you can just jam out to those as much as you want. But after a while, they will be refreshed. Those are the same. They're in the store as well for you to purchase. If you purchase them, they get added to like your library that you could jam out to whenever. But if not, if you just want to not spend any money ever, you can do that. And then the only thing you spend money on is if you want to keep the songs or if you want your instruments to look a certain way, you can get um, different skins for your instruments and it's all cosmetic. Uh, I haven't tried the racing game yet because that is a whole other thing. There is a full on racing game with your characters and stuff too and you can buy the shop is crazy with different cars and loadouts and stuff uh so it is just i can see it being a space when there's no new games out where i will just dump all my time into it because i can just go from one game to another to another like they absolutely killed it with this and the other good thing is across all four games whatever experience you get goes towards your battle pass so if you find that you like lego more you can just spend all your time there and you get experience as you do missions and stuff and your battle pass will keep going and you can get all the all the, all the rewards from your battle pass and you don't have to play the the battle royale mode ever if you don't want to 
Nice. So it's it's a trip, man. It's super cool. But um that's it. That's that's all the stuff I've I've played. So with that, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. We're not going to do an after dark today just because of the uh, connection issues we've been having. But um, hopefully after the holidays. Yeah, hopefully after the holidays, because this is the last episode until the new year. So this is officially the last episode of 2023. Hopefully after that, we'll be back with an after dark. But. Before we wrap up, I did say that we had an announcement that I want to get to. So we can officially announce right now that this is our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) We can officially announce right now that the Average Jays will be at Megacon in Orlando, Florida, February 1st to the 4th. Yes. We will be there. Be square. We will be there all four all four days. Anyone that's in the area, please drop by. Not only will the average Jays be there, but Sky Surfer Comics will be there as well. Jay will be there um, promoting his various comic books that he has. Um, if you're Wait. watching, <laughs> if you're watching on Twitch.tv/slash The Average Jays, you just got to see a bunch of uh, fireworks happen when Jay when Jay put his thumbs up, but. Yeah, so we will have Sky Surfer Comics there, um, My Brother Teddy, Alien Heroes, and Napoleon from the, she- from the Machine will be there. And then on the side, we will have the Average Jays there um, in full effect. Come on by, say hi to us, and maybe you'll get a chance to be interviewed for some social media content that we're working on. So with that, Thank you all. Enjoy your holidays. We will be back in the new year. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on our social medias. Jay right now is showing the... Is that the metal case? Yeah. Steelbook? Nice. Jay is showing off the Steelbook uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem that he has. I'm assuming that was holding up your mic this time. Yes, it was. That's what it was. So if you watch us on twitch.tv slash the average Jays, you get to see what is holding up Jay's mic each and every week when we stream live. So thank you all. Thank you all for a great year. And we are definitely looking forward to a new one. So as always, I'm Jay Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay Jeremy Francois. Enjoy your holidays and we will see you in the new year. Bye.